0: Welcome to the Footwear Insight Extra podcast from Formula 4 Media in Great Neck, New York. Formula 4 Media publishes vertical trade magazines, Outdoor Insight, Team Insight, Textile Insight, and Footwear Insight with related digital publications, Team Insight Extra twice monthly, Textile Insight Extra once a month, and Footwear Insight Extra on Wednesdays. Now it's time for the latest podcast. I'm speaking with Mr. Barry McGough, recently named the Vice President of Advanced Concepts and Innovation for Wolverine Worldwide in Rockford, Michigan, and its portfolio of 12 footwear brands that include Merrill, Saucony, Keds, and Hush Puppies. He will focus on leveraging new technologies, materials, and other advancements to drive ideas, product innovation, and digital transformation improvements. During his 20-year career, he's led the global innovation division for PVH and built technical gear for VF Corp-owned The North Face. Well good afternoon, Barry. You know, let's get started. First I wanted to ask you know, what drew you to your position at Wolverine Worldwide and what do you hope to draw from your experiences at the North Face and PBH to help build those strategies at Wolverine. Appreciate being on the podcast. Thanks so much, Bob. Um so I think that it's probably
1: should be pretty obvious that with a portfolio of amazing brands like Wolverine, it would give someone in my role who develops innovation ideas an incredible canvas, a tremendous amount of brands to talk about, all kinds of innovations across the spectrum. So the the ability to touch so many brands and touch so many things is just unbelievably uh, attractive. As well, I have to say that I really applaud uh, Blake Kruger's vision. And his vision really was to think about creating an advanced concepts and innovation division that's deliberately connected to each brand's unique strategic goals. And also, still looking at what the mission and vision, I always say like what the brand wants to be when when it grows up. If we're connected to mission and vision and strategy, then we can become a high velocity engine that can deliver meaningful innovation, not just sort of coded professorial ideas, but actually real innovations that will sharpen the competitive edges of all these brands. So I look at, I cleave very closely to the philosophy of Stephen Hill at KPMG, and he really talks about innovation as 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 the chief innovation. Officer at KPMG, he talks about innovation being able to future proof an organization. His idea is that if you're just developing ideas because they're neat or interesting, he kind of refers to them as a pet rock. You know, a pet rock is really only going to be as interesting as pet rocks are interesting, right? But if you're thinking about the future and you're saying, what are the ideas that can potentially be opportunities or disruptive to the enterprise, then you can start to build solutions that future proof that organization. So that's really how. How innovation works at its at its best, and the idea that he puts forward is it's only good if it's tied to the business strategy. So that's kind of what Blake has put forward, and it's it's a it's a philosophy that I definitely cleave to. That made it really really interesting to come here.
0: So Are there certain brands within the portfolio that you'll focus most of your efforts on? And I also wonder if some new technologies created. Um, I know that for example, when Nike owned Cole Haan for a while, they tried putting Air units in Cole Haan footwear. Is there a possibility that you'll invent something or come up with something that has, that can cross across different brands within the Wolverine portfolio.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the way we put this together and one of the things that you had kind of asked earlier are, you know, what are we what are, what are we what are we looking at and what are the learnings of being able to build an innovation division. So, we're actually renaming ourselves and we're really, we're going to be talking about the idea that we can be innovation development. At my time in Google, if you look at a devs department in Silicon Valley, then they devs will carry something across the line. You either have software devs or hardware devs. They're the people that actually do the work. So we're going to be actually basically operationalizing innovation using pro- using real pro- process and real rigor to be able to bring these ideas across the line and into the brand. So we look at a couple of different things. We, we differentiate between advanced technologies and innovation. Advanced technologies is incremental. So that's taking something that you have currently and making it a little bit better, taking the can down the road a little bit. But if you really want to push that boat much farther off the pier, then you start to look at these bigger ideas that are coming from adjacent industries or adjacent technologies. We're going to be looking at tier two and tier three suppliers, even down to the chemical level, to try to figure out how we can actually innovate for these brands. So your question around what brands we'll work on Innovation will have to be brand agnostic, especially if we'd like to do things that are platform platform technology that other brand that all brands could use potentially. And so all boats will rise on that tide. So instead of looking at a particular brand and say we're going to focus on Merrill or we're going to focus on on Hush puppies we will certainly be looking at their business and strategy and what their mission is. But we're going to be looking at domains, and the main domains we're going to be looking at are two. We're going to be looking at material transformation and digital transformation, and when we talk about digital transformation we'll start to focus on two areas connected product and connected experience so connected product would be something where your footwear connects to the IOT in some novel and profound way Di- connected experience is really what happens at the at the end consumer level where the where the consumer is having an experience with your brand and we're gonna we've already done a lot of interesting projects on what's happening when in, in in developing and advancing digital transformation and on the material side there's there's also two main domain areas that we'll think about. Performance materials, because everybody wants their whites to be whiter and their brights to be brighter, right? And then on the other side no one wants anything that isn't good for planet Earth. So looking at what's happening on the sustainability side, whether it's green chemistry or green product is going to be really, really key. And those will inform the exact
0: look and feel of the innovations that we'll build on a brand-by-brand basis. The release announcing your hire at Wolverine mentions 5G, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, virtual reality. Is there any one of these or another area that you'll be addressed? You'll address immediately? So we
1: refer to these as exponential technologies. These ideas that are happening a, a, a lot farther out into the event horizon. So let's take 5G, for instance. 5G is not here yet, but we know that it will fuel new business opportunities, new businesses, and new consumer expectations that we'll have to be aware of and we'll have to look at what big ideas are developed from this exponential technology. So we won't be developing 5G <laughs> anytime soon. That's for the AT&Ts of the world. But what we're going to be doing instead is saying we're aware of those things, and we'll start to see how does that affect consumer expectations and consumer behavior in ways that are novel for us. We can say that we're we're definitely starting to look at the area around uh, 3D apparel, c- 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 <laughs> 3D footwear, actual visualization and augmented reality. For instance, we had just launched 49 styles on the Sperry site. Where you can go onto their PDP landing page and you have the option to view in 3D. If you can view that in 3D, then you can start to turn it and and have an experience with that footwear that makes you more comfortable to transact. As well, you can use the QR code on your phone to view that in your space, so you can make a Sperry uh, uh, topsider as big as your couch. In fact, I I did a I posted a picture of a of a, a Sperry topsider on my couch, so you can actually start to do some really really Interesting and novel things as you have a connected experience on the AR side, and we were able to deliver that into the brand within six weeks. So you'll we'll start to see a lot more of these digital transformation ideas coming from the innovation side and, and moving into the brands.
0: Very interesting, and I wanted to ask next. You know, given the impacts from the ongoing pandemic and the ways buying habits are shifting, notably curbside pickup and more mobile and direct purchasing, I want to ask you your personal opinion about how consumers are demanding more from their experience, experiences, and how much of that demand depends on the demographic graphic of the consumer are younger consumers demanding more these days than ever before even with the pandemic
1: so I mean that's an it's an incredible question so you know I think all of us, are looking at this idea, and the real thought leadership is thinking about the fact that COVID really is simply an accelerant. We all the things that were happening in our industry are now happening faster because of distance and proximity, and what and what and the the current situation. If you look at the fact that that we, as an industry, needed to deal with excessive retail space in the U.S. That was already happening. Brand proliferation, the need for seasonless selling, the pivot to online. I love this. This just came out the other day. It was a, a, a July press release where Nike said that digital featured fe- featured prominently in their recent earnings results, and with their channel accounting for nearly 30% of business in the quarter. so I'm going to quote this part. While the retailer initially had a goal of hitting 30% digital penetration in 2023, Nike executives said they expect to achieve that by 2021, thanks to the acceleration of the pandemic and now expect digital penetration to reach 50%. That's an incredible number. Now, we were thinking that the industry average of direct consumer selling was around 8%. We go from 8% to 50% in one year. That is a dramatic acceleration of something that was already happening and that's been very pandemic driven. So you can look at stuff, that that ideas around one-to-one everything, the need to nearshore and onshore, the digitization of everything. These are all things that that were happening already. that needed to happen faster. So like one example that I really, really think is super interesting right now, sort of ripped from the headlines law and order style, is Lululemon and their acquisition of Mirror. We could look at the press release a couple of weeks ago and say, okay, well, Lulu announced that they bought Mirror and they were able to compete with Peloton and right in the middle of the pandemic at the most opportune timing. Imagine the luck. And, and so two things really come to mind when you think about that experience. First of all, they just did something that's really amazing. They digitized stretchy pants. Their business is stretchy pants. And yet they turned that into ones and zeros that you subscribe to on a monthly basis. So that's amazing. They digitized their product. But also what's super interesting, if you read a little bit deeper into the Lulu experience, they invested over 18 months ago in, in Mirror because they knew that they understood that product will be digitized and that they needed a digital strategy that they couldn't go where they wanted to go as a business by only selling physical product. What's, what's super interesting is that, that they were in the, in the premier pole position to purchase and to acquire in the middle of a pandemic because they did the work. That goes back to that Stephen Hill idea about innovation future-proofing. If you're identifying the things that could disrupt you in the future, the things that could be opportunities, then you're then you have the ability to act in in what feels like a, a nimble way, when actually it's really quite deliberate. So so we're uh, everything that we're talking about right now has really been about about COVID as an accelerant and and us having to to pour a lot of gasoline on the change that's required to compete now in this new environment. So, and I I like your question about demographics. There's a, a, a lot of detail right now that you can see in Forbes and Wall Street Journal around the rapid increase in acceptance of transacting in the digital space. It's been absolutely exponential. So we're kind of finding right now that to your question about demographics, that e-commerce is becoming, has is, is very much been democratized, and it's much more agnostic now. If you look at higher acceptance, rate, acceptance rates for what's happening in the e-commerce space, and you look at the increased acceptance of digital pay, if you look at programs like Afterpay that are going crazy right now, because you have the ability to put stuff on virtual layaway or BOPIS, these are, these are examples of, of consumer behaviors that were maybe fringe a year ago, and now they're commonly accepted. And that gets into the sort of frictionless on, online to offline experience that all our retailers are going to have to have if, you, if you're looking at being flexible, cashless transactions, contactless pay, those kinds of things. We all expect them now. So that's that's kind of what we're, st- we're starting to see as, as the effects of the pandemic work its way through our industry and then create new opportunities for us, especially on the innovation side.
0: Comments, Barry. And then uh, you know, finally today, I just want to ask you, uh, you know, if you could give us a little sneak peek of what changes uh, consumers and retailers might be able to expect from Wolverine Brands in 2021 when hopefully the COVID will be behind us, hopefully. Can you give us a sneak peek anything in particular on the horizon? And maybe you can't say too much, but uh, we, we, we can be on the lookout from Wolverine Brands uh, next year?
1: Sure. We, I mean, we can basically give you a little bit of a sneak peek and say at a, at a, a little bit higher level that, that even as as swiftly as this year, like I mentioned before with the Sperry example, you're already starting to see the effects of innovation Online, when we're looking at digital transformation. So we're going to be looking at things like 3D, augmented reality. We'll be watch this space for developments and advances on virtual try-on. But there'll be things in the background which you won't see so much. But if we look at the advancements of things like social prospecting, social selling, um, using background ML to create the frictionless experiences that you expect online, they'll be a little bit more in the background. They won't be visible to the end consumer, but you'll start to see smoother, more frictionless transactions from us as we start to to develop more uh, more digital competencies and and meet those consumer expectations and by early 22 you'll start to see some really interesting physical innovations in in almost in all the brands uh, and they'll really be looking at again on that sort of high performance area and and looking at some Pretty interesting uh, and groundbreaking ideas in what's happening in sustainability because that's just such a fertile space right now. And there's so much... Uh, forward thinking on new product and new chemistry, things that are happening in the ocean plastics recovery space that are, are just fascinating and becoming uh, a lot more, a uh, lot more uh, able to bring to market now. So I would say on the physical side, watch
0: this space for 2022. Well, thanks very much. I've been speaking with Mr. Barry McGough, the Vice President of Advanced Concepts and Innovation for Wolverine Worldwide in Rockford, Michigan. And you've been listening to a podcast from Fuller Insight and Fuller Insight Extra. I'm Bob McGee.